There may be a multiverse of Spider-Men, but there is only one talk nerdy to me. Hello, I'm Jay, and it is just me today, because Gaz, Gaz is busy. Gaz has loads of stuff he's got going on at the moment, what with a little Gaz on the way. And to be honest, Gaz isn't the biggest fan of Spider-Man. It was mostly a me thing and Chris thing when Chris was in Talk Nerdy. Um, I remember when we went to see Homecoming, Gaz coming out of there going, meh, that was all right. And obviously me and Chris could not believe how almost underwhelmed he was. So I went to see this with Chris. If you want to hear what Chris thought about it, I don't know what he's doing. He might talk about it on his next Chris's Comics podcast. But right here, right now, spoiler review coming up with me. Just me. And what i got to say is... Meh. I feel like Gaz did when he came out of Homecoming. This was quite an underwhelming end to Phase 3 for Marvel. Um, it is not the best Spider-Man film. Um, it's not the best Spider-Man sequel. Uh, you know, there's a, it's this ha, this has a lot of issues. I don't think it's a bad film, but it's I find it hard to not compare it to like a, to DC attempts in the uh, over the past few years. I mean, where, I mean, where to start? Let's start with what I didn't like because obviously maybe this will shock a few people. That I didn't like it. By the way, I wanted to like this. I love Marvel films. I love superhero films. I love Spider Man. I get Superior Spider-Man, I get Miles Morales Spider-Man, I get Amazing Spider-Man, uh, I'm currently doing a Spider-Man Life Story, and one thing that all these uh, Spider-Man comics have in common, and that I enjoy reading, is while Spider-Man is in them, it's mostly about the character, it's either about Peter Parker, or Miles Morales, or Otto Octavius, whoever he is kind of now, Um and what they're like when the suit is off and di their life juggling it, as it were. And this hints at that at the beginning, but then as it goes on, I found that while some people, I have heard some people already say like, oh yeah, he was having to, it felt quite fast paced. He has, he's trying to hook up with MJ and be on a school trip, but also deal with the fact that you know the loss of Tony Stark and the and where he is now with that and, does he take up this new mission? But I never felt like that. I kept think, thinking, like, when is this going to get started? Because while he's juggling all these things, these things don't ever take off. The chase for MJ does not happen. It just, he, he keeps saying he's going to do it, but never does. And it never feels like anything is set in motion until, again, near about the, the end of the second act, beginning of the uh, middle of the third act. His school trip is a hodgepodge mess which kind of just plays background for the excuse of why he's everywhere. His relationship with Nick Fury and um, becoming an Avenger kind of is in the background because Mysterio takes front and centre and Spider-Man doesn't really do anything. It's all Mysterio. His relationship with Mysterio is actually probably the most interesting part. But I, I feel that... Mysterio is kind of held back a bit as well because they don't want to show too much because here's the t shocking twist that no one saw coming. He's a bad guy. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought that Mysterio, the grand illusionist, the one whose debut in the comics was that he pretends to be a good guy and to sully Spider-Man's name to become a bad guy would be a bad guy. Who'd have thought that even from a trailer? 
like I did. And I'm pretty sure Chris did as well. There was nothing more obvious about this film than when the trailer came out, what we were getting. I didn't think that the elementals were a real thing. I thought it's too... It's too C-list character stuff to be thrown into this, especially with Sony but working with this as well. And I thought it all makes perfect sense that Mysterio would make these as an illusion. So they brought out another trailer hinting at the multiverse, which then threw everyone off the scent and did make me completely question everything. And guess what? The multiverse was just another red herring. Um, which really annoyed me that it just got mentioned and I, I feel... They, they did. I just don't know what they wanted out of this film. I felt like this was coming off the back end of such a strong run with Infinity War and Endgame. And you know what they did at the end of Infinity War? They gave us an Ant-Man and Wasp film. A little tiny heist film. No real, you know, no real odds that really matter. Nothing that's really going to change the storyline in a mad way. And a Captain Marvel film which was just, like, set before Infinity War, so couldn't, you know, change where we where we were looking, where we were thinking, change anything that had been set. Both those films, Captain Marvel maybe, got mixed reviews, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, I liked as a small heist film. I feel this was bigging itself up to finally put a full stop on Phase 3, and it just felt like a massive dip that and a person just carrying the they just didn't know what they wanted it's hard for me to know where to go um i mean let's go kind of we'll go through the film and very briefly but if we go by act by act like there's something memorable from each act in this film something really memorable and cool and that's what saves the act because i mean the way it, it, it opened was kind of like well, that's kind of like the like the the tone of the film. The jokes weren't as strong. I mean, there was no moment where I, I one of my favorite things in the last in Homecoming is the humor. It's just bob on. It's funny all the way through, like gut wrenchingly funny. Um, and I feel there was a total lack of humor in this. Like good humor, the the dialogue just fell flat. I it's not quotable. There was tons of quotable moments in Homecoming, like you know. Uh, a kill mode activated. Why is there a kill mode? Or Captain America sitting down and so you got detention. There's loads of stuff like that in the first film. In this film, there was nothing quotable. Nothing ha- Nothing happens. Not even things that happen turn out that they happened. So Ned gets with Betty at the beginning of the film and it's quite funny watching their relationship, I'll admit that. And then at the end, they've just decided that they're not together anymore. And even though it's kind of humorous how it taught, it makes, you know, it just sends it off as a joke. Like, we've grown up. You know, that's what people do and makes it as a joke. That's great and all, but seriously, why? You know, they just couldn't really... And there was a lot of things like that where they just made a joke out of it. He woke up in the, in the Netherlands and everyone's dead friendly. Isn't this funny? Everyone's dead friendly. Why is he in the Netherlands? Was, where was he having the fight again? Wasn't it in Prague? He was literally on a train all the way to the Netherlands. And he just woke up there. It just seems so nonsensical and really odd. I don't know why that happens. It's an unusual plot point. Um, so, yeah. But the way we begin is with... See, not, not, there's not even much action at the beginning. The, the trailer makes out that there's going to be... He's doing all this stuff in New York in the Iron Man spider suit. Iron Spider. And then... He goes, tell, even tells the police, I'm going on vacation. 
doesn't happen in this. He just he does an award ceremony, feels a little bit almost like post-traumatic stress over losing Tony Stark, and then is told that he's going on holiday, and the next minute he's on holiday, and we're about 20 minutes into a Spider-Man film, and so and I haven't really seen any Spider-Man action until the first Elemental shows up. Um, and this is where I immediately saw a few issues arising, because Mysterio comes in, um, and I'd already felt like the pe- I, I was excited finally something was happening, which immediately set off my inner monologue to go, alarm bells, you're finding the pacing wrong, you're not really finding the narrative that good. Um, and then, yeah, then he, I don't know what he thought he was going to do against a man made of water, but Mysterio handles it, and then he goes to meet Nick Fury, like it shows in the uh, in the trailer, which again, the trailer set much more ambience than in this film. Nick Fury shoots uh, Ned in the neck, and he falls down, and rather than have this like serious music come in with him going, "You're a hard man to track down, Spider Man," like that, it just kept this kind of like upbeat music, which really didn't suit it. I mean, me and Chris even noticed that we don't think once the Spider Man theme was played. We didn't hear once. Da, 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 da. Not once in a Spider-Man film. Why is that not being played? Um, so yeah, we meet Mysterio, and we're told he's from another. He's from the multiverse. He's from another Earth, and he's travelled to this Earth to stop the Elementals ruining this one. But then that's it, and we're not told what Mysterio's powers are. Which, if you've read the comics. I suppose that's grand, but I've read the comics, and even I was felt going, wait, what can he do? Because, like, if you're trying to gonna try and make me think he's on the good guy's side, I need to know what it is that he's doing. Did no is no one asking that question? What this? What's causing him to fly? What's cause? What's that green stuff he's firing out? Peter Parker doesn't think to ask. Nick Fury never seems to mention it. Which makes it feel like no one really knew how to describe him. It, it, he just had a lack of an origin. Even though he had an origin, he had a lack of who is he. And it really wasn't working out in a mysterious way. Um, it was more a kind of lack of writing, if I was going to be honest. Um, and then what happened after, after that? I, I, actually, we'll go on to some good points. I feel like I've been dead negative at the moment. Some good points to put into this part was Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal was actually really charismatic and great as Mysterio. I actually like how they named Mysterio. That was dead clever. Um, and also, I love the little bond that formed between him and, Pete and uh, Tom Holland. It was very clear they had some good on-screen chemistry. Um, and, yeah, I, and I feel like the major bit in that was... Like, again, Spider. at this point, Spider-Man has now only been wearing, like, a little clown... Not even a clown mask. I don't know what the hell you call it. One of them 18th century Georgian dancing masks. Um, while I was shooting his webs about. Um, what else happens after that? So then he asks, will they go to Prague? He won't go to Prague. So Nick Fury moves the thing to Prague. He gets caught with his pants down. This was another story. The story of this kid who fancies MJ as well. His arc was like, what What was that? He just, he shows up, he fancies MJ, it kind of makes out that he's going to do Peter Parker over, like really do him over, um, in order to get MJ. And then, 
and, and then the end that's it he's just uh, the photo isn't on his phone anymore and it, and everyone's like just just be quiet about it so what was the point like what was the point giving Peter a rival Peter had, Peter had a rival as big enough as it was MJ herself she's really intimidating and he's a surprisingly shy lad there was just no point in that character unless he turns out to be another villain in the next one which I couldn't think of anyone who would be and I didn't see the point um, the blip as they called it everyone being that was another thing the blip to, uh, trying to explain it's a, this is where Homecoming is, struggles uh, Homecoming far from home struggles because it's having to carry the weight of Endgame on top of it and people did walk out of Endgame going so all the kids that came back are they like five years older or has you know people are confused like what were they doing there and they explain it and they've got it but they can't explain it in a darker tone so they just explain it in the light in the light spider-man tone which again kind of works but when once the laughter's gone you go does that even make sense does it really it was just another weird plot point and there was much i mean there's so much we still don't know about this post Endgame world that seems to have just carried on quite normally. Why was there not much more like destruction still being worked on? It was in the environment all over the place. It just feels like this film shouldn't have happened at the time it did. We should have had more time, maybe a year after Endgame or something like that. I don't know. It just, but anyway, that's by the by. So we carry on, breezing through. Uh, we get to Prague and Mysterio. Is got the, the sorry Mysterio has to, is fighting the big fire thing. Um, that entire scene was, but this is this is again where it dragged. What was happening in 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 the run up to this? There's an opera and then there's a parade and then they're going to a hotel and then is he gonna fight? He is gonna fight and I don't, I don't know. It just was real. It was just a all a bit boring and especially when in the back of my mind I'm thinking Mysterio is a bad guy. How is this work? It, uh, I mean, I feel it's. I'm getting tired just talking about it. If you compare this to my Endgame review, which I did alone, um, I was balls to the wall on sugar high on that. I just couldn't stop speaking. But I feel like I'm talking, painting myself into a corner talking about this. Um, John Watts, who was a director, I've, he was a director from Homecoming, so I don't understand what's gone wrong. There was real like mad issues in this where. The action was great, actually. I'll point this out. The action was filmed fantastically, possibly better than Homecoming. But again, one of the good things about Homecoming was the character development. The Vulture was more intimidating as being Michael Keaton in the car with Peter holding a gun than he was the guy with the giant metal wings that could drop a building. There was much more gravitas and there was much more higher stakes going on in this I never felt like the stakes were high. I didn't feel like the, there was any real character development. No one was talking. It, was just, it reminded me of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a bit. Just a lot of suggestion and people going, Mur, and people just being in the right place at the right time. Like That second Spider-Man of the Garfields, it's real fast paced, but it's not good. And again, it's not really that memorable. Um... I think, yeah, I mean, it's stuff that I'm really confused about, man. Like, is is Mysterio dead? Like, I didn't understand that either. Is he dead? Like, because if he is, how did he die? I didn't even see how he died. I He had a gun. 
He had a gun to Parker's head, but it was an illusion. What Parker thought was Mysterio isn't. It's him. He's got a gun to his head, and you. And then next thing I know, he's just on the ground, and he's like dead. And I didn't see how he died. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else was really. And you know, you know what as well. The show in the end with him flying through New York, swinging through, was a bad move. Because all it made me realise was this is now the second film I've felt like there's been a lack of New York in it. Like of him swinging around. Remember the first one? He's really in the in the suburbs. He's running across golf courses. I wanted to see Spider-Man like we saw in Infinity War, swinging around and saving the day. And I just didn't get that instead we got him kind of like doing some jumping over some things in venice and holding up a you know a big big fairground wheel in prague and oh i mean again the fight on london bridge was really amazing i'm not that was really impressive with all the drones but yeah it just seemed it seemed like the script was all over the place i mean think about it happy comes to save him right so happy i feel happy was wrote into this as one to be to sh- again in fact no what was the whole aunt may thing that didn't lead to anything either it just seemed to kind of be something every so often referenced i didn't get it um then what is it so then happy comes picks him up later after he's been hit by the train we'll go back to that um in the needlelands and happy like gives him a little speech a little pep talk and there's a nice moment where it kind of very much mirrors Iron Man. There's a lot of Iron Man imagery in this, in both murals on the wall, and uh, which would be, and also in Tom Holland's Peter Parker himself, especially that bit where he jumps out the roof of the bus to shoot down a drone while everyone's distracted by the possibility of baby goats. I mean, do you hear how ridiculous this sounds? Like, it's funny at the time, but when you talk it out, it's actually really fucking stupid um but and when he lands back in and he's all a little bit disheveled his hair's all up and he's wearing the tony stark glasses and he's got a shirt he looks like a young robert downey jr a little bit i i could see they were making parallels to him and maybe by the cast jake gyllenhaal because when he hands over the glasses oh, fuck me that was a, yeah so he hands over the glasses that tony stark bequeathed to him like the bonds that they had was like father and son he just gives them to a guy he's known for all of like 24 hours um not knowing his power set where he's from jesus it's fuck it is a ridiculous film the more i'm talking about it the more i'm getting pissed off with it um which that's shocking really from a spider-man film um let's try and cheer myself up um the, mysteri- the big Mysterio fight scene saves the second act. This is what I mean. So something always saves each act. The first, I feel the first act is saved by Mysterio showing up and the a battle with Hydro Man and the talk of the multiverse. That's that. The second act is saved by Mis- the big Mysterio illusion fight, which just harkened back to the classic... Um, very first appearances of Mysterio in the comics when he shrinks Spider-Man down to like the he makes Spider-Man think he's in an abandoned city and he's a giant and tries to smash him and it turns out it's all an illusion there's tons of 
references to previous uh, illusions that he's still on Spider-Man, but it's fantastically done. I feel this is where most of the budget and the camera work um, went, where of thinking of, of the storyboard went, because it's just great. I could actually watch that again. It reminded me of Doctor Strange, all the visuals from Doctor Strange, absolutely beautiful. But just like Doctor Strange, visuals do not a good film make. You know, there's need much more. But yeah, it was it was very clear to see why Mysterio is a very dangerous enemy for Spider-Man by seeing how he can just completely warp his mind and 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 make him believe he's somewhere else. And the Spidey sense kicks in in this one as well. It's nice to finally see. We saw hints of it in Infinity War, and we finally, obviously, as it's called, the Peter Tingle. Uh, but it was nice to see that this is that's how he overcomes it. He develops a spider sense. I just wish Mysterio was. I hope he's not fucking dead. The only thing that's making me think he's not dead is that very the the end bit after the credits were, and I'll get to that in a minute because that was a really good bit. So it shows him on screen, like saying, "Here's Peter. The Spider-Man did this. He set it up to look like Spider-Man did the whole thing, which was quite a good twist. I didn't see that coming. That's a very good twist. Um, I do wonder if the more I break it down, how believable and viable that is. That you couldn't just undo that. Um, and then, yeah, but it's Jake Gyllenhaal saying it, which makes you wonder: Is he still alive out there somewhere? But J. Jonah Jameson appears, and it's played by the same dude who was in um, in fucking Spider-Man, the original trilogy. Our man, J.K. Simmons, is back as J. Jonah Jameson. I literally had just turned to Chris after the credits rolled and said, well, I think my mind's already made up, but I'm not as impressed as I was. Meh. And then the, after the, it shows our first credit scene and I literally pushed myself out of my chair, stood upright, almost upright, my jaw was on the floor. I wanted to shout so loudly, oh my God! Because it's J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson and it makes sense. Let, why not let the guy who played him the best ever just play him again? What's the harm? We don't have a multiverse, apparently, so screw it. Let's just... Let's not worry about the crossing the streams. Let's just do it. That was amazing. And again, save the end of the film. Because at the end of the film, what happens? He just swings around New York with MJ. And she's screaming and going, oh... I feel like there was a lot of plot points written in here. Like, they figured they would write a story about Mysterio. They would make him believe... I can see them writing it, just going, we'll get him so he... He makes them think that the elementals are real, and he's from a multiverse. Peter Parker has to um, he comes to join and help out. Then he gets Iron Man's glasses, which, by the way, the whole, that was real. This is the oddest thing. Some of the writing was really good. So the entire motivation for um, Quentin, oh god, what's his fucking name? Uh, the guy Mysterio. Sorry, I can't remember his real name. It's Quentin something. Um, is that he's an ex-employee of Tony Stark and developed all the illusion tech that is shown at the beginning of Civil War and Tony just calls Barf and, like, says it's actually a really expensive waste of time. 
That makes sense. That's brilliant. I loved that. And that his entire team of henchmen is other people that Tony Stark pissed off. Brilliant. That was great. That was actually really good writing, showing that one of them was the guy who got turned around and said, Tony Stark built this in a cave. Brilliant. Absolutely. Like, and it was little... That was amazing. And I have a feeling that they, they've had a really good idea with really good plot points. And then I just feel Sony have come in and gone, we want... We want more, we want more, like, quippiness, but we haven't got any writers to write it all, so we'll just make really awkward moments, like, they can have a bit where they are sat on a plane, and they get, he wants to sit next to MJ, but then he gets awkwardly sat next to the uh, the, the teacher, and then MJ sits in front of, uh, with her, his, the boy who is a crush on her who I can't remember the name of it just oh god this wasn't my this was not a good way to end phase three especially when we've got nothing now we have nothing coming up Chris literally rang me about 10 minutes before I recorded this to remind me he just said he was driving and realized that we have nothing confirmed for sure so we know Black Widow's filming but it still hasn't been confirmed, weirdly enough. Um, we know there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We know there's going to be another Black Panther and another Doctor Strange. But we don't know when they're coming out. We don't know what the titles are. Um, anything. So as far as we're really concerned, this is the first time in a long time that as a comic book fan, we don't know what's happening. Comic-Con's coming up, so we will find out. But would be nice to have them to have thrown us a bone and maybe they did but it was if it was it wasn't it wasn't very well pulled off like there's a difference between like you know leaving something as an easter egg and then leaving something and the easter easter egg being like melted on the floor and being actually just a terrible present so the very very end scene is we see that in the entire time nick fury and his comrade have been Skrulls. In fact, Talos from Captain Marvel um, doing his work for him while Nick Fury's been relaxing in a hologram deck uh, on board a spaceship we can see and it's full of Skrulls, which makes me wonder if they're going to try and do a version of Secret Invasion. Like, that it's all Nick Fury's idea to get Scrolls be part of like a new shield and be pretend to be other people, but it ends up going wrong. I don't know, but is, see what I mean. I've just got nothing where a hint at the multiverse would have been. That was what if, the, if that would have been better, wouldn't it? Like them going, oh, you know what, the multiverse. It turns out it is real. You know, they all think, oh, so everything was a lie. He said, including the multiverse, and then something happens. Like, wouldn't it? It would make sense that what Thanos did broke, like. The, uh, some kind of time relative space thing that made the, the, the multiverse uh, appear or them to cross over. I mean, for hell's hell sake, it just happened in the comics. It happened in DC Comics. They broke the, um, the, the end, what do they call it? The source wall, which I always say sounds like a little food emporium that you might find at a festival that only deals in condiments. The source wall the, 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 is a major thing now that they've broken and they have to fix in the comics. And I just feel like there could have been something like that. A hint at Galactus, 
a hint at. I mean, there's rumour that Norman Osborne's going to be the next big bad, especially if they're bringing in J. Jonah Jameson. Um, what have I, what have I missed out? I mean, I, I felt like I actually, for once, I don't normally do this either with Gaz or even on the Infinity War one. I don't normally write stuff down, but there was just a lot in this to unpack in my head and decide if I liked it or not. Um, yeah, so the end, the the end battle is really good as well. I was really entertained throughout the the end battle. Um, I loved. It's showing him, like, the ingenuity that he had to do to... Oh, my God, sorry, I completely forgot where I was going. Rewind, can we just go back to the whole Happy thing? Yes, I got confused there. So Happy picks him up from the Netherlands, gives him that talk, that which is totally makes sense. He gives him a talk, and we find out there's actually, like, he's got his own um, Spider-Man plane where he can make his own suits, and, again, the parallels to the original Tony Stark, and then he drops him off, and it was like they didn't know what to do with Happy then nor did they know what to do with the kids. So they just went, uh, just put them in a in the London dungeon and there's a, some drones outside and they're just stood there. Like, nothing's happening. There's no tension. They're just stood there and they try and make light of it. Like, uh, we, you know, I, I like Spider-Man's hands. You know, it just, it felt like they had these really good plot points and just didn't know how to interlink them or what to do once the plot point had had it once the person had run its course. So the character goes, They, like, I can see it in a meeting, you can just see them going, all right, so how does Spider-Man pick up his spirits? Well, uh, Happy needs to come and talk to him. Why does he need Happy? Uh, how does he need Happy? Well, he needs to ring Happy because he's stranded. Where do we strand him? Oh, I don't know, we'll figure it out later. But Happy picks him up. Sound. So Happy picks him up, gives him a big talk, that's great, and then drops him off. And what does Happy do then? Because Happy wouldn't just go. Um, have Happy go rescue his mates. All right, and so does he successfully do it, or does he does he not? Um, uh, uh, well, we'll worry about that later. At the moment, this is happening. There is just a lot of that. And, in fact, one more bugbear, the fact that Peter Parker has now been revealed to the whole world in such a way is something I'm getting sick of. As much as I'm getting sick of Marvel killing villains, which, again, why kill Mysterio? You've got Scorpion and you've got Vulture just lying there. They're waiting, waiting to form a Sinister Six, which I think Mysterio was originally... He was a founding member, I think. Google that. I'm sure Mysterio was a founding member of the Sinister Six. Um, that... Yeah, where was I going with that? I've just completely lost my train of thought. Um, that was it. Not only killing uh, bad guys, but... Revealing superheroes' identities to the public. I love the the dealing with two identities, the hiding the secret. That believe it or not, it's probably why Daredevil was, is the most successful out of all of the Marvel TV um, projects they've done, because all the other ones d- don't deal with a double life, no identity. Luke Cage is Luke Cage. Iron Fist is Iron Fist. Jessica Jones is Jessica Jones. Um, what other ones are there? I haven't watched Runaways. I mean, I've heard of Cloak and Dagger. Still haven't watched it. I think that one might deal with it a bit. But Daredevil, it's him trying to hide his identity while so-so fighting crime and the ethical decisions he's got. I kind of accepted that Aunt May would have... would just be like, okay, it's cool that you're Spider-Man. I kind of accepted that a bit. It's a little bit hard, but... I went with it. 
I do not want this. I don't want the next one to be, everyone knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man because where's the fun in that? He really will be just Iron Man. Because I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to make it so then everyone knows. So that way it means he can have his own like, you know, what would he call it? A base, his own base where he can operate and without having to find excuses of him to jump out of school and cut class or cut work. Um, it's just going to go straight to he's this guy that people know is Spider-Man, which that isn't Spider-Man. But now, and does that make you sad that we're never going to get Spy uh, Tom Holland become a news reporter for the Daily Bugle and have to deal with J. Jonah Jameson slagging him off in front of him and printing his own photos? Is that not a sad thing? Because that's where I thought we were going when we got Tom Holland and we saw him in school. I thought, right, we're really going to go for the epic original tale of a boy becoming a man slowly and having to deal with this double life and the responsibility. I mean, it's alright to cut some corners. We haven't had the... We still haven't seen Uncle Ben get shot. We haven't seen the spider bite. It's all just kind of taken as you know that story. But we want some of it. We still want some of the original story. I feel they are beginning to take some leaps now. Again, that's why I thought it was dead odd that if you don't know who Mysterio is... That's going to be, like, really off-putting. Like, I think I already saw what... <coughs> oh, pardon me. I already saw one review mm. on The Guardian. Which clearly a guy who's never read a comic in his life. And he described it as being like George Clooney's Batman. This film's so terrible, it's great. Um, saying that Mysterio is such a, dis- a ridiculous-looking, kooky character... That the it's brilliant that Marvel make out that the that of course you'd have someone like this that wouldn't actually exist. He's an illusion, kind of like hinting that it was like an Iron Man three switcheroo, um, which it, it's not. That's just how the character is in the comics. But this is how it's going to be perceived. Like to people who aren't familiar with the character, it's a bit. Yeah, they've just left information out. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to repeat myself anymore. But if you haven't already guessed, it's it's really annoying film. I won't be going to see it again. I would probably watch it again when it become if it becomes available on a streaming service or if someone goes to put it on DVD. But it's not even in my top ten Marvel films. And the more I've talked about it, the more I've realised that this is like it's fun. It's just I I'm be honest. I reckon I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a five. I'm giving it a five because I just there's films out there that are better than that than better than how this was shot and better than the, how the music was used and the script and it's alright to have some good scenes but it, it's like I, we, I was talking about this with Chris in the cinema funnily enough before the film started we're talking about how I've not seen Last Stand yet he said don't bother he said it's possibly one of the worst films not even his girlfriend liked it, even though her favourite film is Wolverine Origins. And we both agreed that is the worst uh, X-Men film. But then Chris followed up with it's a, X-Men The Last Stand is a close second. I, I argue back that actually, no, I don't think that's as bad as people think it is. It has actually got some really memorable moments. It's got, like, 
the juggernaut um, fighting with that uh, mutant who can get rid of his power. That's actually quite clever. It's just ruined by v- Vinnie Jones going, I'm the juggernaut, bitch! Um, Magneto lifting the entire Golden Gate Bridge over to uh, that uh, the Alcatraz to have the big last fight, even though that's spoiled by, for no reason, it going dark and whatever. And some great fight scenes, but then there's still a bad storyline. And it kind of culminates, and we argued this back and forth, and we, I kind of agreed that, okay, it is a bad film. It is a bad film. It's not terrible, but it's not as bad as people say. You know, it's, it's okay. I feel this is kind of the, on the same. I've, I feel people are going to go into this with a bit of Spider-Man fever and a bit of Avengers fever and be like, yeah, yeah. But I think the more you watch it and the more you, you like, realise what this film was, it was quite lazy and just trying to carry the weight of the final phase that we've had, which was not right. This should have been held back. But um, we would have all been happy, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we have all been happy if just Endgame had been the end of phase three? That's it. Wait a year for another film. Like, I think we, we did that with Infinity War, more or less. Like I said, we had Ant-Man and the Wasp to break it up a little bit. But we would have been fine. So this, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. Um, what did you think? How wrong am I? Let me know in the uh, any comments down below wherever this is posted. Don't forget to email us at talkingoutheuk at gmail.com. And don't forget to stay tuned for more blogs, more podcasts, more reviews, and more odds and sods and pods, whatever seems to come along. Don't forget to visit www.talknerdy.uk. I've been JB, and I've been Talking Nerdy. Peace. <laughs>